had a happy New Year's Eve and that you guys all showed up today is a great sign that you probably did. And, you know, it's funny, yesterday I got to thinking as I was kind of sitting there and just uh, pondering New Year's and pondering all the things that are going on, my first thought was, is where did, where did 2016 go? I'm not sure about you, but it seems like it just moves so much faster. And the, the older I get, the faster it seems to go. And uh, I talked to Ken Black about it the other day, and we had a little, little conversation about why it seems like when you were a kid that, that it took so long between Christmases. And now, it's funny, I, I sat down on, on uh, the day after Christmas, and it was kind of quiet at the house, and, and so I started working on my, uh, my messages for the next year. And as I was, I was working on my messages for the next year, I was already planning next Christmas and, and thinking about how quickly that's going to come. But when I was a kid, it wasn't that way. And, and Ken actually, he said, you know, maybe it's because of this. Maybe because when the older you get, a year is less of a percentage of your life than it is when you're a kid. Because when you're seven years old, well, it's one-seventh of your life. But when you're 40 years old, it's only one-fortieth. So it moves a whole, whole lot faster when you, the older you get. And I got to thinking about that and thinking about this time of year and just just the passing time and how quickly it moves and, and celebrating New Year's and having the opportunity to be able just to, to stop for a second. And last night, maybe you, you had an opportunity to reflect a little bit. Maybe you had an opportunity to say, oh, I have some resolutions for this next year. Next year's going to be so much greater. And I got to thinking about how New Year's and communion are a lot alike. And I'm excited about doing communion this morning. I'm excited about being able to, to partake with my church family, to be, able to, to be able to partake with my family, and just remember what Christ did. But as I looked at communion, as I looked at, at New Year's, and how they both affect our lives, and how they both should change the way we view things, and how they both should change even the way that we act as, as things move forward. The communion and New Year's are very much alike, and I got to thinking about really in five different ways they change our viewpoint on things. And so what I did is I kind of wrote these things out, and, and I looked at the different ways that, that we look because of New Year's, and the, day, the ways that we look because of communion. And the first one is this. I have five of them that I wrote down. The first one is this. We have to look back. When it comes to New Year's, we look back. When it comes to communion, we look back. And I got to thinking about this, if you have watched TV at all over the last few days, you've probably seen somewhere in there, that they've done a year in review. And that year in review, it has talked about all of the things that have happened, the good, the bad, the amazing, the ugly, all of the things that have happened in 2016. And they, they go into review and they talk about some of the things that, that have happened that were good. Uh, if you're a Cubs fan, something really good happened in 2016. If you're a Broncos fan, it happened for the first part of 2016, but not so much at the end of 2016. Uh, you know, there, there's so many things we can look, and that's just the sports world. If you go on, Google it, you can see all the things that have taken place in 2016 that were good. But for whatever reason, if you're a part of social media, I'm sure you've seen people kind of really focus on the negative of 2016. And all the things, and they're just glad to be rid of 2016. And I started thinking about the negative things that have happened over, over the, there's so many things with terrorism. As crazy as it is to think about the Orlando shooting that took place was in 2016. It seems like so long ago, but that was part of 2016. Uh, nice, Brussels, Istanbul, and that's not including last night's Istanbul attacks that took place. And you look at all of these things and you say, man, what 
is 2016. We're looking back on that and we're remembering those things. We're looking at the Syrian crisis and all the refugees and all the things to do. You look at the police shootings in the, in the Dallas sniper attacks. You realize that we lost 138 police officers in the year of 2016? It's painful to think about. And you look at that and you say, well, what exactly is going on and how exactly is it? And, and there was flooding and there was hurricanes. And, of course, you had the elections, uh, which created their own nucleus of a mess. And, and we saw all of that take place in 2016. And the thing that seems to be the, the main focus of everybody as they look back in 2016 was a celebrity death which I thought was very interesting because so many other big things have happened, but so many people are losing their mind over celebrity deaths. And I wrote down some of them. And as I wrote them down, actually I was reading and practicing my message with Christy yesterday, and she's like, I didn't know they died. And so uh, Gene Wilder died. Prince died. Uh, David Bowie. Florence Henderson. That was the one. She's like, really? Like the Brady Bunch mom's dead? I'm like, yeah, Wesson Cooking Oil lady. Yeah, she, she passed away in 2016. Uh, John Glenn, Alan Thicke, another famous TV dad in that that realm. Fidel Castro, nah. but Carrie Fisher, George Michael, Arnold Palmer, Doris Roberts, Nancy Reagan, and the list went on and on and on. I thought, think, you know, so many people have just really gotten, wow, I can't believe they died, and I got to thinking on why. And I'm no psychologist, and I, I don't have the actual answer to it all, but my, my thought is, is this. The reason why so many people got so upset about it is because those are people they've connected to throughout their lives. Many of us, that was childhood people that we looked up to. And as we look up to that and we think, well, how is it that they've died? Why did they die? Well, it's because everybody does. And that's an unfortunate thing to think about. But everybody dies. And as we look at that, the reason why they die is many times because they got, they got older. And if they're getting older, you know what that means? That I'm getting older. And you're getting older. And they're no longer our childhood people that were the talk of the 80s or the 70s. Instead, they are now what was in 2016. And as we look at that, we look back and we think to ourselves, man, things are changing. We're changing. 2016, good riddance to it. And we look back in that way with New Year's. But on the same side, we look back with communion. And we look back with communion in a different way, hopefully. Because when we look back at communion, one thing we can look back on is the negative. And the negative is, is who we once were. See, before Christ came, before he uh, he introduced himself into my life before he introduced himself into your life we were sinners romans 5 8 says christ came and died for those who were already sinners he didn't come because they were good he didn't come because they earned it. he came because they were sinners in need of a savior and we look at that in our lives and we look at that when we come to communion we realize that blood that was poured out and the body that was broken was because you and i needed a savior we were dead we could not save ourselves. Just like a real dead person cannot save themselves, they have to have somebody bring them back to life. Jesus Christ came and brought us back to life. And we get to see that when we look back at the communion table. And I, I wrote down some, some verses that, that really stood out to me. One of them was Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It talks about who I was before Christ as I look back. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked for the cor following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires in the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's who we were. But you know what the amazing thing is? 
is that God is a merciful God. God is a God that is full of grace. As a matter of fact, that was Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And just a few verses later, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, he actually says, Paul tells us, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And that it's not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Our salvation is a gift from God. It is a gift because he is gracious and he is merciful. And you know how we realize that? We look at who we once were, and we look back. Just like in New Year's, we look back, we look back with communion. The crazy thing is, is Paul writes to the, first, the church at Corinth, and he tells them about looking back and remembering what Christ has done for them. So if you have your Bibles with you, I would love for you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you don't have your Bibles with you, it'll be up here on the screen. And this is what it says starting in verse 23, as Paul reminds the church at Corinth exactly who they were and why we do communion. He says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this as you look back. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying this, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. See, I believe that Paul is mentioning here the idea of looking back. To look back, to do this in remembrance of, to look back and remember what Christ has done for you. Remember who you were and remember when he came and he poured out his blood and he broke his body on that cross and he gave himself freely as a sacrifice for you, who you are now. And we look back at that and we even says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. To proclaim the Lord's death. We're supposed to tell people about that. We're supposed to go out of our way to share those great things of what Christ has done for us. And who we once were as we look back. But as we look back, there's something else that happens at New Year's. And something else that happens with communion. And that is that we look ahead. We look ahead. The beauty of waking up this morning is is a whole new year. There are a whole bunch of people who started resolutions last night or they woke up this morning or they'll wait until after the bowl games are over on, to, on Monday to, to get that really going and say, I am going to make these resolutions for change in my life. And most of those changes are for the better. We look at our lives, we look ahead and we say, 2017 is in front of me. It's got to be better than 2016. And so here we go. And we look ahead and we say, you know what? I want to make a brand new me. And if we look at communion, there's something else that we see as we look ahead. Because as we look at communion, it says to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As we look ahead, isn't that an amazing thing? There's an old song by a, a band called R.E.M. And it was called, it's the end of the world as we know it. And you guys know what the next line was? And I feel fine. Good, you guys are all sinners like me. Um, the, the thing is, is it said, I feel fine. How can we feel fine knowing the end of the world is near? It's because we know that Jesus Christ defeated death. That's how we can sing a song like that. That's how we can say something along like that. We look ahead. You know, a lot of people say, well, that's just another nail in the coffin. There's no nails in the coffin that are going to hold me down when I am resurrected because of Jesus Christ. 
And that communion table that we take today is a great reminder of that as we look ahead. We look back and we see what he's done. We look ahead and we see what he's doing and he's going to do in our lives. It's a great thing to see. And, you know, there's often times as we look ahead, I think we forget the newness that we have in our lives. I mentioned it already, but as we look at it, we we get to, to get excited about the fact that every day is a new day for us. A lot of people will look at the calendar year and say, I'm gonna make this resolution to change. And the reason why they make that resolution to change is because they've opened their heart and they've opened their mind to say, I am willing to change. I am willing to be changed. I'm willing to, to, to make the necessary adjustments in my life so this can happen. Whether it be working out or dieting or whatever it might be, giving up whatever it is you have to give up, we have to make those necessary changes. But those changes happen because we're willing to. Christ says, I'm willing to make a change in your life every day of your life. I'm willing to work in you. The thing is, is you have to be willing and open to change. You have to be willing and open to make those necessary changes. As we look at communion, it helps us remember. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. My outer self is wasting away. I, I feel it every morning. But the great thing is I also feel that God is changing me every day. Some days are good, Some days are not good, but that doesn't mean he's not working in me. Some days are the ones that that I have pushed back from him because I want to do my own thing, and some days I have pushed back from me because I want to do my own thing. But it doesn't mean he's not working in me and changing me to who I need to be. This new year offers us an ability to, to wipe the slate clean. This new year in our spiritual lives, as we look at the communion table, also allows us to wipe the slate clean. This next year, if you have resolutions or anything like that, we have always kind of held to a theme for the year for our church. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did connection, and we talked about the ways we can connect with each other, connect with God, connect with the community. This last year, we talked about our core values and the worship and the discipleship and the evangelism and, and, the, and the, uh, all the different parts to that and the connection, all those things. A couple of years ago, we even did all in. We just we're just going to push all the chips to the middle of the table. We're going to go all in. Well, this year, we have, a, we have kind of a four-part thing. It starts off with living urgently. Not only living urgently, but, but praying specifically. And not only praying specifically, but evangelizing intentionally. And not only evangelizing intentionally, but giving generously. And those are our four that we're really going to hold on to. But the cool thing about those four words, to, to pray, to live, to give, and to evangelize, those four words that followed the intentionally, the, the, um, I just got on a roll, so I've lost them all. But you can rotate each one of those and put them next to it. You don't have to just pray specifically, but you can pray intentionally. You can pray urgently. You can take those, and they're all interchangeable. And we're going to push that for 2016 because I truly believe that's what we need to be doing. We need to be praying specifically. We need to be praying urgently. We need to be living urgently. We need to be living specifically, not just existing. And what a great day to start that than today, right? A day that we can hold on to. And the reason why we can hold on to that is because of what Christ did for us on that cross. So we look back, we look ahead, and I think that automatically causes us to do the third thing, and that's look in. Because as we look back and we look ahead, it makes us look at our own lives. We can look at last year and say, what did I do with last year? As I look inside and I examine myself, as a matter of fact, the scripture says to examine yourself before you come to the table. What did I do with last year? How did I change? This time last year on January 1st, 2016, how is my life different than it is right now? How have I grown? How have I changed? How is my life exemplifying what God is doing in it? Or have I pushed him away and said, I've got my own thing? 
Because as we look back, we can say, these are the areas that I've succeeded. These are the areas that I've failed. These are the areas that I've changed. But as we look at that, now we look at 2017 and we look ahead and we say, now what? What am I going to do with this year that makes it different than last year? What am I going to do with this year that's going to make it better than last year? And we examine ourselves in such a way that we want to, to walk in a way that, that we put God first. And maybe that was a battle for you in 2016. And maybe it will be a battle for you again in 2017. But it's about asking for forgiveness and making him the Lord of your life. And we've said it before, but a Lord is not a co-partner. The Lord is the one who is in charge. Are you in charge or is he in charge? And every day we get to wake up and look at that. So we look back. We look ahead. We look in. And I believe the fourth thing is, is that we look around. I don't know who you celebrated with last night. Maybe it was your family. Maybe you had to work and you didn't get to celebrate. Maybe uh, it was your friends. Maybe it was some sort of strangers that you're just like, I don't know why I'm here with you. I, I don't know what your, your last night looked like. But let me ask you this. Was it similar to last year? Were there people missing? Were there people that you wish were there but couldn't be there? As we look around ourselves at the, at the new year, the people that you did surround yourself with over the last year, and we look in, we can say, how did I help them over the last year, whether it be spiritually or physically or mentally or anything like that, and how can I help them in 2017, and vice versa? How can they help me? How did they help me? How did they disciple me? How did they bring me along? How did these things happen? So as we look around, we see that. But on communion, I believe that it's also the same thing, because very much so, it's a, it's a group thing where we come together. And we remember together. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17, uh, it talks about being one body, taking one bread. And we see that, that, that we are the body and we're coming together. As you look around, today's a little bit different, obviously. But for even the last time that we took communion, do you see anybody who's missing? Do you see people that, that maybe should be here that aren't here? Maybe somebody that, that you haven't seen in six or eight weeks over the last bit of time and, and have you gone out of your way to say, hey, I've missed you? Hey, I, I, I'm praying for them because I don't know what struggles they're having that are keeping them from coming to, the, to, to join together in the body. Or maybe they, they've had something where they, they've left this body and went to someplace else, but nobody ever asked them why. Maybe today, as strange as it might be, when this service is over, give them a call. Send them a note. Send them a message on Facebook. Send them a text, whatever it might be, and say, hey, we've missed you. I noticed today that you weren't there. And maybe they'll say, well, it was New Year's, and I stayed out way too late last night, and it was really bright inside that room, and I didn't want to wear sunglasses, so everybody knew what I did last night. But I, I don't know what it would be. But maybe if you took the time, maybe if I took the time to look around and realize who's not here and why they're not here. Because as a matter of fact, if you look down into 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three, it actually says to wait for one another. Not to hurry into this, but to, to remember to be together in this. So I see the look back. I see the look ahead. I see the look in. I see the look around. And I believe that naturally causes us to do one of two things. And that's either to look up or to look down. And that is your choice in all of this. Because we can either look up and look where our help comes from in Lord Jesus Christ. Or we can look down and we can look down on ourselves and our inadequacies. We can look down on the ways that we fail. We can look down and say, I give up. I can't do this. And the question is, is can you do it anyway? Even if you thought you could, really, 
Shouldn't our help come from the Lord? I, I started looking at this idea of looking up, and three passages came to my mind as I did. And, and I looked them up, and, and the first one I want to read to you, and I'll explain to each one as we look at this communion. And the first one is, is Luke chapter 21, verse 28. It says, Now when these things began to take place, this is Jesus talking, straighten up, raise up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he's talking about end times at that point in time. And I'll explain that here in just a second. The second passage that stood out to me was Psalm 121. It was all eight verses of Psalm 121. It's King David writing. He says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your, you from going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So that's the second passage I see as it says, look up. And the third passage is actually found in John chapter 4, verse 35. This is Jesus talking. It says, do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. You might be saying, okay, there's three passages you just read. What do any of them have to do with communion or New Year's? Let me tell you, as, as we're looking up, I see from the passage in Luke that, that our New Year's that is coming up, this, this passage, it, it says to, to understand that the day of salvation is near, to look up and see that the day of salvation is near. 2016 might not have been the greatest year for you. 2016 might have been a rough year for you. It might have some, some peaks in it, but a whole lot more valleys. And you look at it and you say, there's adversity that is in my life. Well, I believe this passage tells us to look past that adversity because Jesus is still Lord. That no matter what happened, he is still in control. That no matter what happened, that he has it all planned out. And that someday you will stand before him. And that table helps us remember that. I've already said as we look ahead, when, when there's a day there will be no more pain. And there will be no more sickness. And there will be no more terrorism. And there will be no more death. And there will be no crying. All the tears we wiped away as we get to stand in front of him. And that is what we hold on to. That is our hope. And that's the next thing, as a matter of fact, that Psalm 121 and King David's talking about. Because as he says, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? What he's saying is, he says, I'm looking up to the hills for the, for the, ca the cavalry to come over the, the hill and, and to save me, for the government to come and save me, for, for the army to come and save me. And he says, no, 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 no. I look to the Lord because he is my salvation. He is the maker of heaven and earth. I go outside of my five senses, my five senses that say I can touch, I can feel, I can smell, I can hear, I can see. And it says I'm going to go outside of that and realize who God is, that he's bigger than that, that he's the maker of heaven, he's the maker of earth, and he's got me in his, the palm of his hand. Which leads us to the last passage when it says in John chapter 4 that the harvest is ready to be picked. See, the, the disciples' eyes as Jesus is talking to them are on the physical things. Jesus sees this crowd of people walking and coming towards him, and he sees the spiritual things. There are things that matter, and there's things that God kind of has secondary. Sometimes we like to put the secondary things first, and we don't focus on the things that matter. And he said, no, focus on the things that matter. Focus and see that this harvest is ripe. See, we look outside of our, our, our walls, and, and we see the negative things that are going on outside in the world. We see all of these things, and Jesus is like, no, no, focus on the people who need me. 
who need salvation. That is our job. And as a matter of fact, he tells it in, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things, they'll be added to you. Focus on him first. Look up and focus on that. Don't look down and focus on the things that you've got going on or the adversity that you're in. Focus on him, and it changes our perspective. When we look at 2017, you might see a lot of possibility, or you might see a lot of problems. Either way, as we look up, it changes our viewpoint on that. And I truly believe that when we come to the table, that we look at this, when we look at communion, it helps us to look back. It helps us to look ahead. It helps us to look in. It helps us to look around us, and especially helps us to look up and remember what Christ did for us. So as we partake of the table today, I, I would ask you to take some time, even before, we're going to sing four songs. And as we sing those four songs, you don't have to rush up here. The table's going to be open. You can come up here, and you can take a bread, and you can take the juice, and you can kneel down here at what we like to call an altar. Uh, you, I mean, you, you can come down here. You can go back to your seat. You can take it as an individual. You can take it as a family. You can, you can take it together. You might be thinking, well, this is my, my first time at the church. I'm not a member here. Jesus didn't have members around the table. He only had followers of his. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I ask you to examine yourself, to look in. I ask you to look around. I ask you to look back. I ask you to look ahead. And I ask you most of all to look up as you take this, to pray, to say, God, 2017 is a year that you can use me. I'm open for the change. I'm open for that to happen. So let's do that together this morning. Let's pray together. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And like I said, we're going to sing four songs. And any time during those four songs, when you feel ready to come, come and take. You can stay up here. You can go back to your seat, whatever you choose to do. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for who you are. Thank you for the way that you work in our lives. Thank you for the way that you move in our lives. Thank you most of all, though, for your son, Jesus Christ, that causes all of it to happen. When he came and put on flesh, when he came to live a life among his creation, when he came to die a death that only we deserve so that we could live a life that was graciously given to us. God, help us not to make communion just some part of another day, not just some routine that we take care of, not just some other thing that we, we count as our moving forward with resolutions, but instead, maybe today's the day that you change us just a little bit more to be more like you. As we hold the, the juice that represents that blood that was poured out, as we hold the bread wafer that, that represents the body that was broken, to remember what was given so that we could be free. God, we are so very grateful. As we look back, help us remember. As we look ahead, help us get excited about what you're doing. As we look within, help us understand that change is taking place. And we look around, let's pray for those who are missing, pray for those who are hurting, pray for those who are not with us today. But most of all, as we look up and we just say thank you to you. We pray it all in your name.